Today on Season 4, Episode 3 of the Unknown Packers Podcast, we kick things off with a couple of Packers transactions, a little Rogers talk, and then it's all about you. Bryce and Ken tackle an episode full of listener questions, but we don't forget those fan favorite fill-in-the-blanks. We talk current draft needs, we talk long-term draft needs, did the Packers trade up, did they trade down, did they stay put, did the fellas have any draft crushes, did the Packers blow it all up in 2022? Listen in and find out. And now it's time for Fans on Tap. so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! Go Pack! Go! Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. Let me tell you this, Green Bay is a great town. This is Green Bay, Green Bay, Green Bay. And welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast. You heard it in the intro from the soothing, sexy sounds of Neebles, our co-founder and producer, the fans on tap. This episode is going to be dedicated to fan questions. We've got more than 10 of them that myself and big bad Ken Ingles will address Talk some Packers news, and we'll do some fill-in-the-blanks to wrap up the episode. I pretty much regurgitated what you all heard in the intro. But I'm your co-host for this episode, Bryce Christensen. And uh, I'm thrilled once again, week in, week out, to be chatting with my main man, Ken Ingles. How are you doing so far? Doing well, Bryce. Doing well. This should be a fun episode. I'm looking forward to it. You know, we put the flyer out there for questions, and the fans delivered, and I looked at some of them. I didn't look at all of them. So some of these are going to be hot seat questions. Some of them, you know, I was able to take some notes. So curious how this goes, but I'm excited to be here and chatting with you. Likewise. And uh, have no fear. I decided to go with more of a, I didn't want to rehearse and jot down like a bunch of notes for each question. So I have the questions listed and I just want to actually go straight from the memory bank. And last week we did a free flow episode. The week before we did as well. That's sort of been our vibe for the off season so far. But I'm thrilled to talk about fan questions because this episode is nothing without the fans. And I don't just throw that term around uh, willy nilly. Uh, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Uh, We're four years in doing the Unknown Packers podcast. And uh, without the fans, we're just a bunch of weird dudes I'm in my basement talking Green Bay Packers, and uh, I'm listening to a guy break down the salary cap uh, week in, week out. So uh, without the fans, we don't even have a podcast. And so uh, once again, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for, for supporting us, tuning in week in, week out. This episode is dedicated to you. And uh, before we dive into the fan questions, some Packers news, uh, last week was New Year, same team, on tap where we prefaced with Aaron Rodgers being really concerned and that the team was going to be blown up in 2021. There were going to be people that weren't going to be back and it was going to look like a different team. Well, so far, it looks remarkably the same outside of Jamal Williams, Tim Boyle, and Corey Lindsley. Those are the big names, unless I'm missing any. And uh, we brought in one external player, a long snapper. I still don't know his name. I'll, I'll get to it. But most of it has been all internal restructurings. 
uh, extensions, um, signings. And this week again, you have Tyler Lancaster and Will Redman coming back again, 2021-2022 season. A lot of the same players on this team. What are your thoughts right off the bat with Lancaster and Will Redman coming back? Yeah, Lancaster was um, an interesting one. Uh, what he was a restricted free agent, and Packers decided not to place a uh, restricted tender on him, which was kind of to be expected. But they, looking at the deal that he got, I assumed when the when the announcement was made, it would be coming back kind of on a minimum salary only deal. But they gave him a signing bonus of two hundred thousand dollars, and so if if they were to cut ties with him, that would be kind of forfeit and dead. So. I think that kind of tells you a little bit that they've got some plans for him to be a role player and kind of stick on this team. He's got some other things in there too, like the veterans get per game bonuses and workout bonuses. But, you know, he's one of those guys that's going to be a key role player on this Mm -hmm. team, providing depth. D-line is one of those um, positions that needs all the help it can get right Mm now. Poor Kenny Clark is out there trying to do it all by himself. And, I'm not too certain about Dean Lowry's future on this team, looking at what they need to do just to be get under the cap for the start of the season. I think his contract is kind of being saved as a post-June cut. So, yeah, Lancaster coming back, now that he is back, kind of makes all the sense. It wasn't one of those names I was necessarily expecting to come back. But now that he's here, I think it does make a world of sense. Yeah, I think it's one of those, I mean... One of those sneaky moves where you're trying to keep the the same team that was that lost to the eventual Super Bowl champions in the NFC Championship game, and I know a lot of fans are saying, "Hey, do what the Buccaneers are doing." Well, they brought back everyone essentially, and it looks like the Packers are too. Last week, I talked about how Kevin King's a placeholder. I I, I view that in the same way with Tyler Lancaster a little bit. He'll be a, a key ro- rotational guy, whereas Kevin King's going to start Week One, and mm-hmm. I look at it where then you have some flexibility when it comes to the draft. We'll talk about the NFL draft a lot in, in this episode. We've got a lot of questions, and the draft is going to be at the end of the month, and it is April now, so it, it is NFL draft season. But I know maybe some fans scoff where it's like, oh, geez, Tyler Lancaster, oh, Will Redman, la-di-da, not a big thing. But at the same time, it, it offers you flexibility. You, you bring in two guys that are familiar with this team, it continuity, locker room, that culture, mm-hmm. you have a lot of familiar faces, a lot of people that tasted how close they were from the Super Bowl. So I, I like the move, You're, and I did not expect all these players to come back. So uh, for right. me, I'm excited to see. Lancaster was a big breakout sleeper guy uh, the year before. He does flash a little bit. Will Redmond's that special teamer type of player so you can't and it'd be interesting to see maybe he takes another I don't know leap a little bit with Maurice Drayton but Will Redman also could hold his own in the secondary so I know that they're not big splash moves but I think they're moves that need to be made in terms of uh, going all in for this 2021 season right right yeah these are the type of guys that the Packers are going to be you know need to bring in you know, they brought in Aaron Jones. They brought back Kevin King. Mm-hmm. Those are your splash moves yep. of this offseason. You know, they spent a lot of money before the season turned over. Obviously, with Bakhtiari and Clark being the big names that they gave those extensions to. But Aaron Donald's not walking in the door anytime soon off the street, guys. Like, 
these are the type of contracts that the Packers are going to be signing. They're, you know, they're they're pinching pennies and they're comfortable bringing back the guys they know at this point. I get a kick out of how fans they want the Packers to bring in all these like big names. Uh, and for me, I'd much rather go with familiarity. This is a good team that went 26-6 and six the last two seasons, uh, largely the same team. And you also have younger players that are starting to blossom right before our eyes. I think that this team is in prime position, barring injury and some right. unforeseen where they, you know, they're their own Achilles heel. But uh, this team is primed to uh, make some damage come this season. We talked about it last week where I'm all in, just like Brian Gutekunst, Russ Ball, and Coach LaFleur. I'm all in on a Packers Super Bowl championship team. I'm throwing it out there again on this episode. And I like these moves. And if there are fans that sort of scoff at it, like, oh, we could we could have brought this guy in, that guy in. Like you said, they don't have a lot of money, and you're bringing in familiar faces that just gel with the team. I think that speaks a lot that you're bringing back players. Again, just speaks to the culture, and that's what they're trying to build is they want players that all buy in. And who knows, maybe Lancaster surprises with uh, with Joe Barry in the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know. You never know who, the, you know, they, they obviously liked him enough. Uh, to give them some guaranteed money, to give them some incentives baked into this deal. And you never know. Um, mm-hmm. Any of these guys, you know, Kevin King is essentially back on a one-year deal. Who knows? He might really turn some heads this year. And, you know, if he turns in a healthy season and we, we've seen what he can do and he's healthy, you know, this team and these guys who we think are kind of like short-term band-aids, you know, really might be key contributors in the future. That's what the, the game isn't played on spreadsheets and paper, you know, even though I've that's where I kind of live a lot of the time, but that's that's why we all watch. That's why we're all fans to see this play out on the field and uh, guys, you know, making the decisions to you know roster decisions, tough ones, and that's that's what you want. You, you want the team to be like, man, like we, we really want this guy, and I don't like writing guys off too early if we don't have to. So ah, the beauty of the off season where possibilities are endless. And uh, I get to be as optimistic AF as I want to be. So it is uh, is great chat with you again for the fans on tap. And speaking of fans, we're going to pivot. Let's go. Oh, I I do want to mention Aaron Rodgers, too, in Jeopardy. Oh, yes. And uh, Pat McAfee show that just crossed my mind. Thoughts on on this big news and how he wants to be uh, the host uh, moving forward outside of guest host. Right, right. Yeah, what there's some comments he made too that's like, what Trebek only was he only worked like forty something days a year, and he's like, I've got I only worked one hundred and seventy something days in Green Bay, so I've got time I can mm. make it work. Oh wow! So, but I didn't hear that. You know, got, yeah, yeah, that was Rogers, and but let's just be honest, he's not walking away from football to host a TV <laughs> show. And if he does, do good for him, you yeah. know, great for Rogers. But at this point, let's just kind of yeah, it's a fun story. The but, offseason, yeah, he, baby. Yeah, the off-season. yeah. He, what else? You don't worry. He's, he's he's still gonna be spinning the ball this year for the Packers. Don't worry. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, he dominated what in Celebrity Jeopardy when he was on, and uh, here he is uh, living a dream, a guest host of Jeopardy. He's living his best life, man. He's living <sighs> his best life. Our quarterback killing it. Just the great guy that he is, inside and out. I just. Uh, I love seeing his authenticity and uh, who he is just shine 
Um, I know that one of the contestants took a jab at him. I, I forget the question where, but the answer was, uh, who would have kicked a field goal? And oh, what? Why? Um, you know, who's this, I think it was whose decision was it to uh, kick the field goal? Mm-hmm. Referencing the uh, NFC Championship mm-hmm. game when uh, he just laughed at it. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he kind of he kind of left it out there. Good so. for him for I mean the emotional IQ that like the EQ that he's able mm-hmm. to sort of control that. I mean the competitor that he is. Uh, this was only you know two and a half months ago, not even. So uh, kudos to him for kind of showing uh, how just, you know, nerves of steel. I know he even said that he was nervous and it's just nice to see the human side. And also, like you said, living his best life. But I wanted to mention uh, those are the Packers news that we wanted to update uh, you all on. And, you know, we were going to pivot right into fan questions, but I wanted to mention the the Rogers news. But now the moment you all been waiting for, we're going to, Kick it off with a friend of the podcast, as he likes to call it, on Game on Wisconsin, but uh, Jacob Westendorf, and he's going to kick things off with our fan questions. Like I said, I didn't take any notes. This is coming straight directly from Bryce's noggin, and uh, who knows, crash and burn, I'm going to have fun either way. Just like Rogers, I'm living my best life right now, too, talking to Big Bad Ken Angles, but what do you think is the biggest need, and he he prefaced offensive lineman, wide receiver, cornerback, all those things. But long-term, what do you think is the biggest need for the Green Bay Packers in the draft? Yeah, he mentioned, yeah, the, the, the short-term, we, you know, I, that's what everyone seems to talk about. And I love this question. And I put something out, like, I think last week about this because, you know, the draft, I look at the draft as long-term, right? You build your long-term team through the draft. You build your short-term team through free agency. And so I kind of put it out there. If you're not looking at the 2022 roster next year, when you're trying to predict what they're going to do in the draft this year, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of missing something. And man, you look at it, they've got one wide receiver under contract and he hasn't played a snap in the NFL. The only cornerback right now is Kadar Holman. Obviously Jair is going to be around mm-hmm. either on the fifth year option or a likely extension, but that's it. Wide receiver and cornerback has one human being that's going to be there. That's a real. That's you know had significant time in this league. It's it's uh, concerning. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see them loading up heavily at cornerback and wide receiver, and then also at the offensive line. I think you could take it at least one offensive lineman in every single draft every single year. Mm-hmm. But if I had to rank them, I'm going to say cornerback one because cornerback is one of those premier positions wide receiver and then O-line for long-term. Dang. Yeah, we're cut from the same cloth. It's weird because I I wasn't big on the whole, we got to draft a wide receiver in the first round last year, even though I I wouldn't have minded it. And I, you know, Brandon Ayuk was right there. So you start thinking about the the possibilities. For the last couple weeks now, I've been inching closer and closer to where my crush or my ideal pick in the first round for the Green Bay Packers is wide receiver. And it wasn't something, and I see on Twitter sometimes where people are like, hey, get off of this whole, the Packers need to draft a wide receiver in the first round. I'm not saying that the Packers need to draft a wide receiver in the first round. That's just something that I want. There are a couple players that I'll talk about a little bit later on that I really am coveting right now at that 29 spot, whether the Packers trade up, trade down, or stay put. 
but there are a couple players right now that I've been that I'm keying in on that are wide receivers. So for me, you're hoping that Devonte Adams gets extended next year. Uh, like you said, third contract, he's going to be 30. So I'm thinking like the Julio Jones track. You know, he can play till he's 35. He takes care of his body. Cornerback uh, outside of Jair. Uh, you don't really have much, even though you did sign Kevin King, but he's a placeholder. But offensive line, there's been a lot of change when that used to be the anchor and the strength. And so you don't know if Lucas Patrick is going to be here next year. You still haven't figured out your right tackle. Does David Bakhtiari come back, and is he the same person? Does he take mm-hmm. a dip? I mean, I think it's wishful thinking that he's going to come back. Now it's projected October, November, that he's going to come back and not miss a step. He's played a lot of football games, and now he has a devastating ACL injury. So I go at it where I'm looking at probably wide receiver, offensive lineman, and then cornerback. But right now I'm looking at biggest need is probably offensive lineman if you think about it. Who do I want as the biggest need? I, mm-hmm. there, there are two players that um, I'm looking forward to talking to you about a little bit more that are wide receivers. Interesting. It'd be funny if um, after last year and all the hysteria around the Packers need to draft a wide receiver in the first round, and now the Packers turn in the number one offensive performance after not taking a wide receiver <laughs> in the whole damn draft. And then, so now fans are more or less like, oh, we don't need a wide receiver in the first <laughs> round. And then they, now they turn around and do it. And I, I'm with you. I'm starting to kind of feel, you know, as I'm starting to kind of put, you know, dip my toes in this draft water a little bit. And I, I've got that same kind of feeling, that same little itch. I'm like, they might go wide receiver, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate it. I've been talking about how the Packers relied heavily on that Tyler Irvin type of player, that Swiss Army knife, a, a player that you can move all along that line, also a punt kick return specialist. That is what I, I'm looking for a difference maker, and I'll talk about him a little bit more. But uh, thank you for the question, Jacob Westendorf, friend of the podcast. And uh, moving on, this is a question for you for sure. And he prefaced you. He called you Monsieur Ingles. But Joe at Work87, which moves would you, Ken Ingles, have made if you were running the show? Oh, man. I'm just just seeing this question right now. You know, looking at everything that happened, what would I have done? Wow, that's a a tough question, especially on the fly here. Um, So they let Lindsley walk. I think that was probably the right decision. They have guys who can step in at that center spot. They've got about th- you know three guys I can think off the top of my head, and I've talked about in past episodes. Man, I probably would have let Aaron Jones walk instead of coming back. Um, I thought the Packers were in a position, you know, with drafting AJ Dillon in the second round with both their running backs being free agents. I thought that that was kind of the tea leaves saying that they were prepared and ready to move on now they got aaron jones back cheaper um than maybe expected but still i probably would have that's probably a move i probably would not have made kevin king i was on the fence about i didn't write him off coming back as a one-year deal so they needed somebody they needed a cornerback the depth was jair and no one (laughs) so they needed to bring some guys in so Obviously, they know Kevin King better than anyone else does, and they decided he was the guy to bring back, be it money reasons or fit with the team reasons, he's back. And I don't hate that move as much as I think a lot of maybe Packer Nation does. 
But overall, I think I would have made more decisions to like eat some of the cap pain this year. The Packers are, there's no other way of putting it. They're going all in this year. They, they basically took their cap situation that they were dealing with. And I talked about all season and, you know, a year ago, like 2021 is going to be a nightmare. And they just said, <laughs> I'll just make it next year's problem. <laughs> future, they can't keep, future Brian. Yeah. Future Brian Goodkins can deal with this and they can't do that forever. We see what happens. If you look down South at the saints, they're, they're a mess and they're probably not going to be very competitive, but I probably would have moved on from Preston. You know, this team would look a little bit different. Um, they'd probably be overall younger. We'll see how things end up. What? Shannon Sullivan came back mm-hmm. as a restricted free agent. Who knows if he'll actually stick around and make the team, you know, depending on see what they do in the draft. But um, there's no guarantee there. Tunyon, man, that that was one I was on the fence about, too. I'm, right, I'm glad, you know. I yeah, and again, he's there's no there's no guarantee that he'll stick around either. Those restricted free agent tenders are are weird beasts. They're not like those uh, franchise tenders, which can be immediately guaranteed if the player agrees to it. But man, I think it's safe to say that it, it's tough. Like the Packers are obviously looking to keep their window open one more year and bring the band back together, and the moves that they made are allowing them to do that. So if if that's the goal, if like I'm Brian Gudikins and they say, you know, and he's like, I want to get one more shot with this team. Some of the things that they did were were brilliant. Like Preston Smith coming back, giving him a pay cut and restructuring, and you get ninety percent of the benefit it had you cut him, but you still get the player. Right. That's a good move, but it's gonna it comes with a big price tag next year. They're putting a lot of these uh, moves on the cap credit card, as I like to call it, and then. You know, next year you open up your credit card bill. You're like, oh, shit, I got to pay this humongous bill. <laughs> That's kind of what they're going to be dealing with. But I would have probably seen some of those guys that uh, that we came back that everyone looked around like, oh, Aaron Jones is coming back. Oh, Kevin mm-hmm. King's coming back. Oh, I thought Preston Smith was gone. I think those moves would have been more. I would have made those instead of maybe rolling the dice for one more year. I dig like the GM talk. Like, I, I love it. Great question. At Joe at work 87 is... I mean, That's, that was tough, man. That's a tough question, but... And directed towards you, so I was looking forward to it because I just get to sit back, you know, sip, sip my, my, my Kool-Aid or... I just got water. I don't have Kool-Aid, and I can't remember the last time I've had Kool-Aid. Um, I don't know if I could drink that anymore. That's just... But that's what I grew up on. Anyway, I digress. We're moving on. <laughs> uh, at DM Reese 2011, is it an all-in year in 2021 and blow it up in 2022? Or do the Packers have a cunning plan? Uh, the last couple episodes we've talked about uh, what 2021 represents, what 2022 looks like. You wanted it. We got it. The Packers are all-in. This is a Packers all-in Type of season, Rodgers coming off MVP campaign, knocking on the Super Bowl. Uh, they, the Packers, felt pretty confident that they're not that far away. And now you get to introduce this upcoming draft class. You get to see players last year that take that year two jump. Possibly you've got year three breakouts and Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage. The ingredients are there for a very very special season, which I believe. The latter question is what I'm really curious about your perspective on blowing it up in 2022. What is blowing it up? Because when I hear that, I think like this team is just going to be dramatically different 
than it is now, but you have a lot of players that have sort of long-term contracts, no? Oh, man, not really. Not anymore. Think about your four guys that we signed, what, in 2019? The Smith brothers, Amos, Mm -hmm. um, Billy Turner. They kicked the can on those contracts. And so next year, they're significantly more expensive than what they would have been had they not done a restructure. I say at least two of those guys are gone, minimum. So take your pick. You know, Preston Smith, he's probably one of them. Billy Turner, maybe. Amos, maybe. Zadarius, he's got a, I'm not looking at it in front of me, but he's got a cap number like that rivals some starting quarterbacks in this league right, you uh, for next year. Week, yeah. And so, yeah, they can extend him, but like the money that they kicked into next year, that stays in next year, right? So it's it's this game where it's like a snowball effect, and eventually, you know, as it keeps rolling down the hill, it gets bigger and bigger, and eventually it just it, it's gets to be too much I, it all comes down to what they're going to do with rogers and we've talked about that they're obviously leaving the door open to see if uh if there's a potential exit strategy from him and a transition to jordan uh jordan love they restructured almost every single second contract veteran on the team except for rogers and dean lowry they pushed it all aside they're going for a super bowl they created you know the problem that they had this year is worse next year terms of salary cap like this could be a dramatically different team especially if they decide that um they've seen enough from jordan love and they're confident making that switch so i'm i would say enjoy this 2021 season let's hope they win it all and to be continued and uh speaking of jordan love he was zipping the football around he looked pretty good i mean granted it was uh him on the practice field just throwing the football but his uh spiral and his release looks tighter so oh is there uh was there some new footage or something you saw? I didn't, yeah, didn't catch yeah. that. So oh. uh, him throwing the football, but kind of looked like a pro day, but he, you know, just an athletic wear. But his release, his form, his the zip on the football, it looks tighter. You're looking at Lafleur, Getzy, and Hackett influence of Jordan Love. So I. Like I said they, last week, they I, don't draft guys like me in the first round, right? You know, like <laughs> there, there's a reason he he was the twentieth something was twenty fourth picked guy in the draft. He was twenty sixth. Yep, twenty sixth. Yeah, there, there's a reason. Up. There's a reason. It shouldn't it shouldn't be a shouldn't surprise. You know, that's my take on it. Like he's a Packer. You should root for him. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for Rodgers. I'm rooting for the Packers. Right, but you know, guys drafted in the first round have skills. And it's it'll be exciting to see see what this year is, especially with the preseason. For sure. And especially with Rogers' comments on the Pat McAfee show were a little ominous too, or a little mm-hmm. where he's like, uh, maybe I made it tougher for the Green Bay Packers. Throw a wrench. I love the words. He threw a, I may have, my winning the MVP may have thrown a wrench in um, some timelines I may yeah, have been thought right, of timelines. or assumed. Yeah. I love it. Giddy Ooh, up. Baby. Giddy up. Well, he... It, <laughs> He knows, like, oh yeah, he, he he's not just like wondering. He's not like these fans, like, what are the Packers going to do? He knows, <laughs> he knows that they won. The Packers won. traded like, up, traded up. So we we he's know not that. Stupid. And dude might be the dude might be the full time Jeopardy host, right? Like this this is a smart cat, and mm-hmm. he he's not he's not oblivious to the business side of of things here. Um, he's not the Favre oh shucks what's happening type of <laughs> type of guy. Um, He's fully aware, and but whenever he gets those opportunities in the media, you know he likes to 
to layer one of those in every once in a while, and it just makes me just makes me chuckle. Oh, I, I want Rogers to be great. I want Jordan Love to be great. But you know, iron sharpens iron, and competition breeds just better performance. I'm all for it. It was cool to see some some tape of Love. Granted, I know, I know, I know for the fans that are listening right now, like ah, let's see it in a game, all that stuff. I get it, but. Uh, his his release looks different, and so same with Rodgers coming out of college. Uh, he holds the ball up too high, doesn't have a good release. The whole what Tedford influence of Achilles mm-hmm. Smith and Rodgers had that, and under a year, couple years under McCarthy, you got to see him change his mechanics a little bit. But we're gonna wrap up the first half of the fans on tap. We're gonna come back in the second half. Fan questions, and then uh, fill in the blank for myself and Ken, and then we'll bid adieu until next week. But we'll be right back right after this commercial break. This episode is brought to you by Sonic Transformation. Check us out at www.sonictransformation.com. Sonic Transformation, your sound refined. And we are back with the second half of the fans on tap. Hopefully you got to enjoy the commercial break from the soothing, sexy sounds of Nebels, our co-founder and producer, the voice of the intro as well. And uh, with the fan questions continuing, we've got at Ali Murray one. His question is, have the Packers decided to blow it up given the 2021 approach? I'm just going to say see above from at DM Reese 2011 his his comment or his question as well, and we gave our response and to be continued. And uh, let's just focus on the 2021 season, but 2022 shall be interesting. I I, I don't know how future Ken Ingles is going to do, and I don't know how future Brian Gutekunst and future Russ Ball are. But right now, I'm I'm living in the moment. Yeah, man. Yeah, the very very similar question to what uh, DM Reese has. We'll see. We'll see what they do. But um, I'm. I know how, the, what, the theme of 2021 was, you know, let's get the band back together. I don't think that's what we're going to see next year as well. I think it's going to be a different band. It's fascinating. Maybe, maybe a different genre of music altogether. Mm. We'll see. Ooh, I like it. A little hybrid where two genres blend together to create a new genre. There you go. And this is no disrespect uh, to Ali Murray 1, of course not, but I am fascinated with how fixated... Uh, some fans are with like the 2022 season. It's my fault. I'm, I'm sure it is <laughs> because like we're not even through. We're not even. We haven't even started. We haven't even had the draft yet. And I'm, you know, I'm looking forward a year. And I'm like, oh my gosh, next year is going to be mm-hmm. a disaster. I blame it on. Blame it on. You can blame it on me for sure. Blood for, is on uh, your hands, I guess. Oh yeah, All right. absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I'm intrigued with the the questions, and we welcome them. But man, yeah, we had some. We had some few questions with the 2022 focus last week as well with fan questions focusing on 2022 and I guess uh cats out of the bag now we realize that Ken's been stoking the flames a little bit with the 2022 talk but we get to talk about the NFL draft and I'm excited about um talking about the NFL draft with it being April we are uh, a few weeks away end of the month and last year you and me were texting back and forth during the draft and right after Jordan Love got selected. And then a couple months later, we acquired you and brought you on as a co-host. So I'm excited to 
talk NFL draft with you now that you're a member of the Unknown Packers podcast. You survived a year, and mm-hmm. I, the relationship is is blossoming just like the Green Bay Packers' chances of going all in. I'm all in on the Unknown Packers podcast right now in the offseason. I've been excited, and I'm, I know that you said you've been dipping your toes in the the lagoon of the NFL draft, and it's getting warmer, but with trade draft options, up or down or stay put from at SC04CAM. I've got some thoughts on that. Why don't you Why don't you start off with uh, answering this one? So with with the trade up, and I'll, we'll just we'll entertain this. We'll do trade up, trade down, and then I'll I'll give you my my thoughts, and I'll I'll be way off. But if you think about it for for a frame of reference, in 2018, you had the Green Bay Packers who had the 14th overall uh, selection, I believe, and then they traded to the New Orleans Saints who had the 27th selection and the first round draft pick. So when you're looking at that, the Green Bay Packers now sit at 29th in the first round. So if you're thinking about that, if you want to move up into that top 15 range, you're going to have to give up a first round draft pick. I just don't see Brian Kudekunz doing that. I think he loves his first round draft picks. He was so confident in trading from 14 down to 27 that he went back up to 18 to get Jair Alexander and still kept his first round draft pick. I'll never forget that. After his first draft, they asked him why he traded down when you had options like Derwin James there and Tremaine Edmonds and Marcus Davenport too. He was a real popular selection who ended up getting taken at 14th. And he said that uh, first round uh, draft picks are gold. And so I just can't see him trading up into the top 15. And if you think about it in 2019 and in 2020, from 30 to 21, they traded two fourth rounders to get Darnell Savage. And in 2020, they traded a fourth rounder to move from 30 to 26 for Jordan Love. For me, I could see them trading up maybe into that 25 range, maybe. If there's that wide receiver that uh, I'm looking forward to talking about, man, I'm just like dangling that. But I, I foresee them, the the fourth round draft picks, Gutekunst has two. Uh, I could see them, tr- he, he likes to, that's just funny money for him. That's just, you know, that's just je- uh, monopoly money. He just likes to trade fourth round draft picks away. So I could see that. Trade down has been popular. That was a Ted Thompson move, maybe. But I mean, they're loaded with draft picks. I just, I look at, Gutekunst being aggressive. So if he does trade up, I could see them trading up into that 24, 25, 26 range or staying put. I do not foresee Gutekunst trading out of the first round, given how close they were to the NFC Championship. I, I know that you don't draft for need, but uh, for me, there's a there's a specific position and player that I think the Packers are desperately missing, and I think they can get that in the first round. Interesting. Yeah, when I look at this and I don't have specific names or targets to, you know, okay, maybe if they go up to this spot, they can grab X player. For me, I just go back to, you know, the philosophy of drafting and time history just proves the lesson that trading down more than up is significantly the best way to go long term. But I'm with you at the same time. If they move up, I don't think it's going to be into the teens or, you know, some, you hear those crazy, oh, they need to go top 10 to get X. I'm like, that's never going to happen, <laughs> ever. And if, like, was it Julio Was it Julio Jones, like, when Atlanta moved up? Yeah. 
yeah, they like traded away like basically an entire year's draft to be able to do that type of thing. And they almost and, won a Super Bowl out of it. So yeah, I mean, but they, they did because no, there's no such thing as being one player away. I'll say that right now. Um, yeah. but I could maybe see because, like you said, Gudikins is you know he has he's a wheeler and dealer. You know, those fourth round picks, like you mentioned, are those popular kind of kickers in the deal that he tends to throw around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe into the 20s. I could easily see a trade down. Um, if there's a year to do it, it's this year, where you want as many cheap contracts as possible, especially heading into next year. That's a great point. And if you trade down, you know, they're in 29, so like doesn't take much to trade You know, out of the first round. It kind of has a negative connotation, but I know this is, name doesn't do a lot of favors, but Kevin King, he was the first pick of the second round. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you're kind of a first round, you know, you're not technically a first rounder, but you're adjacent. Yeah. Like it's second round pick doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, it's not this like scarlet letter that you wear type of scenario. I could easily see a trade down. I will always applaud a trade down scenario. If they think that they get to a position and there's five guys that they like and they move down four spots. They're like, well, we're going to get one of those five and they're not particularly in love with somebody get some value out of it. I'm all for it. So then sacrifice a fifth round, fifth year Not option even, then too? Yes. and But that's also desirable, especially for quarterbacks, mm-hmm. right? Teams that trade back up like the Packers um, <laughs> into that first, well, they trade from the first round to the first round, but we saw, we've seen over the years where at the end of the first round, there are teams who are just dying to trade back up into the first who didn't get a quarterback or didn't maybe even have a first round pick. Right. And they're they're like, we want to get a quarterback at the end of the first round. If for nothing else, the value of having that fifth round option mm-hmm. and that extra year mm-hmm. of team control. And that can be really enticing. Um, there can be some value that you can steal. In terms of trading up, don't give up more than a fourth. Right. Day two picks are so valuable. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any specific names. I don't have any draft crushes yet. I'm kind of, like I said, dipping my toe into that water. But... I the, the Gudikins has moved down. He's moved up. He's traded for future picks. He's done everything. So I can't even like I can't even give you like a a probability or a playbook on this guy. He's a little unpredictable. The only thing he hasn't done is given up a first round draft pick. Like I know, like Which, trading out of the first round, and you're still getting you know you know you're getting like what the thirty third right. player in the draft or something like that. So right. I, the way he values first round draft picks, I just foresee him wanting to draft a player in the first round. That's just right. my line of thinking. But you, uh, I mean, there are a lot of great day two options. The second round is a sweet spot. It has been for Ted Thompson. It's been interesting for for Gutekunst. So uh, his first round, he's had some hits. Uh, second round, I mean, you've got A.J. Dillon, obviously, but Josh Jackson. Um, Elton Jenkins. El- Elton Jenkins was a great second rounder. So, yeah, maybe Josh Jen- Josh Jackson's the only one that just hasn't panned out yet. But we're still we're still talking about NFL draft. And with at Hall underscore J Hall 12-12, what players are you willing to trade up for in this NFL draft? And I'll – I'll go right off the bat, and the guy that I have fallen in love with, and I've been holding on to him because I didn't want to talk too much NFL draft a couple weeks ago, but now it's April. It is NFL draft season. Go for it, man. But Kadarius Toney is a guy that I have fallen in love with. He is uh, from Florida, 
193 pounds. He just ran a 439.40. He's been compared as like a Dante Hall. Remember the human joystick? And talking <laughs> about a punt return, kick return specialist. Also, Kadarius Tony, like he's all over. Like jet sweep motions, acts as a running back, um, slot receiver, perimeter receiver. The term dead leg has been thrown around where he's got this twitch dead leg juke move, this okie doke, and he's gone. Um, the guy has a nose for the end zone. He's been talked about being at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. He's now getting talked about like in that 20 to 25 range. So if the Packers do want to trade a fourth rounder to to secure what they missed out on on Brandon Ayuk last year, if that's what the Packers were were trying to do, and then they went with Jordan Love, but it seems like they had their hearts set on Jordan Love from the get-go. But Kadarius Toney is a guy that I would love the Packers to, to acquire. I think he could be there at 29, but I could see the Packers moving up to 26, 25 to snag him, very much like what the Niners did with Brandon Ayuk. But he's one right, guy. Ron, right. Rondale Moore is another guy out of Purdue who's listed as 570 shorter, but he's a gamer as well. I don't know about trading up, but Kadarius Tony is my guy, and uh, he probably won't get taken. But he is arguably the most electric player that I've watched film on the last two or three weeks. I'm not too much of an NFL draft junkie, but he's a guy that I've just gravitated towards. I've talked about how Lafleur relied heavily on like Tyler Irvin in that pre-snap eye candy motion. They sort of missed a step a little bit, even though they had a prolific offense when Tyler Irvin wasn't there. Um, they've been atrocious in uh, punt return and kick return. And this is a guy that like would free up a lot of opportunities for Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think a, a shifty, explosive wide receiver would be just amazing. And I'm not in that camp of, like, you got to take a wide receiver. I just think they're missing that explosive. Mm-hmm. Remember what Randall Cobb did when we drafted him? Like, he had an immediate impact as a rookie and then just continued to blossom. I think that the Packers could covet a similar type of player and uh, Kadarius Tony's that guy. Yeah, that hell, that that'd be interesting. That would definitely, uh, that definitely uh, spark some interest with Packer fans. That's for sure. You know, you mentioned what Brandon Ayuk from uh, San Francisco snagging him last year. I heard that comparison a few times, mm-hmm. so that's interesting. I think, I think what the big piece with that would be is we would really see how much that position, right, that kind of motion guy, the slot guy, the the shifty guy with some wiggle. We'll see how much that is valued in this offense by a, uh, a Matt LaFleur, right? I think last year when DeGuara was drafted in the third round to fill that H-back mm-hmm. uh, position, that raised some eyebrows. Um, but obviously the Packers value that type of player, that type of position in this offense enough to grab that type of player in the third round. And so... I think you know those type of players, those kind of slot guys, those wiggle guys, those um, those motion guys. First round, you know, you, you might get some folks who will be like, "Well, I don't know if, if that's that's a first round grade or if that's like positional value, whatever." Again, not my specialty, but I think if the Packers were to do that type of move, that that will speak volumes of you know where they see 
the importance of this offense and what pieces are necessary to make it function at its you know top gear. I love it. And I'm realizing that uh, we're getting closer and closer to the end of uh, the episode with the fans on tap. We do have a couple of fan questions I wanted to mention, but those those were answered in our New Year's same team on tap episode from last week with at Brian Peds and at Casual Packer fans with the Rodgers contract and then the options in 2022 to get under the cap. So if you want that, please check out our New Year's same team on tap where Ken uh, broke it down in the second half and I was uh, amazed. My mind was blown after what uh, <laughs> Ken had shared with me. But we've got we've got a couple more fan questions. Then we're going to do a fill-in-the-blank real quick. And this is sort of the very similar, but at Monsmoy1 and at Camisola8, at Monsmoy1 said in the in the first round, do you draft a development guy? And he sort of made the comparison to Rashawn Gary, that sort of development guy. Or do you draft a, a bona fide starter that, that steps in day one like in uh, Eichtenberg, who he set out in Notre Dame, like a right tackle? coming in. I'm curious what your perspective is on that, Ken. Well, I guess the the, the first response is, well, yeah, you know, all you got to do is draft a player who's guaranteed not to be a bust and is going to be really good the first year, right? <laughs> Which, yeah, I say obviously tongue-in-cheek and with a little bit of a snark <laughs> because it's if, if it was that easy, you know, there would be no such thing as first-round busts, right? It's tough. Again, I view, I view draft for the long term. Now, do they maybe take less projecty players? Maybe. But that's hard enough as is like the drafting the best player available on your board and creating a board where you have to kind of rank each person in each position and give them grades. That's hard enough, right? Just to, if you take all bias out of it, all need all everything out of the equation, and you're just trying to do, I want the best guy, you're still going to be wrong a lot. And then if you limit yourself by drafting for need, now you're making it even more difficult on yourself. And now if you're saying, well, this guy, we need this position, but he might not be reach his potential or maybe he's coming off injury. We might not be able to see him for two years and we need him in you know, year one. Now you're really limiting yourself, right. right? And I don't think that's a strategy that you want to use in a draft. I know it's really tempting to allow the season in front of you to dictate the moves for your team, especially in the draft. But you can't, you know, as a GM, it's you, you have to avoid that temptation, I think. Uh, yep. You have to be thinking three, four, five years down the road and not just your, you know, the immediate year and the following year. Yeah, I think of it like the old saying, it's like throwing darts at a dartboard. Mm-hmm. Man, but like with the first round, you're, it's still a gamble, but you're maybe standing 10 feet away from the dartboard. And every round you go back, you're taking like one giant step backwards. It's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to get there and, you know, hard to hit the bullseye, but it gets even harder and harder as you go out. But man, like if, if it was that easy, if it was just as easy as we're going to draft a guy who's going to be a really good player guaranteed from day one, I, I don't think that exists. Right. I hope I did a good job of kind of articulating that, but it's just, it's it, it just tough. It, it's such a crystal ball business. I'm so amazed at the amount of effort and time that professional scouting departments put in to trying to f- determine which guys, all these guys are talented. Every player that's drafted is going to be talented, but they're trying to figure out if they can be NFL talent, 
And you don't know that until they're actually in the NFL. And trying to predict the future at a 50% rate where that's considered successful, whew, that's tough. And to limit yourself and handcuff yourself by trying to do immediate needs is it's just making, you know, making it that much more difficult. Well said. Yeah. And I'd like to clarify just like for listeners too, uh, when I talk about like a Kadarius Tony, like I'm not saying like the Packers need that. I just think what a great toy for Lafour to have. It oh, just yeah. seemed like he relied a lot on the jet sweep motion. He wanted that herky jerky type of uh, a running back hybrid wide receiver. And then you look at this guy and he can do four or five positions in one. He'd be a great addition, I think. But I, you said it great with, with the projects, development, day one starter. I couldn't have said it better myself. And you said it way better than I could have ever possibly articulated. And as we wrap up the fan questions, with Camisola 8, uh, he talks about the Packers draft needs. So at Jacob Westendorf talked about what, what is the biggest need long-term Let's quickly talk about like what do you what do we think the draft needs are for the Green Bay Packers in the in their seven rounds of draft that they've got ten picks um, mm-hmm. a lot for Gutekunst at his disposal and then we'll wrap up with our fill in the blank but right off the bat you listed off offensive linemen preferably offensive tackle uh, wide receiver cornerback I can throw in a defensive lineman I'd be intrigued with the potential of some competition at kicker maybe a late round draft pick in that regard another inside linebacker some edge i really do think that you could probably safety everywhere you can pluck every position and when you've got 10 picks i think you're able to possibly get some depth at each position but draft needs i think the biggest needs again like what you sort of mentioned really cleared a lot of things up for me it's it's hard to go in drafting for need and i think the packers have set themselves up remarkably well they've got bona fide studs on offense and defense there's not a lot of holes on this team i think uh they're an injury away from having some possible disaster scenarios but uh like you said and like i said i think you're looking at wide receiver cornerback offensive tackle offensive line i'd pretty much love for them just to stock up on offensive linemen protect right protect aaron Rodgers, protect those running backs um you win in the trenches and i'm i'm leaning also towards uh getting some help for for kenny clark you talk about uh post june 1st cut with dean lowry they've got some rotational depth with tyler lancaster kingsley kiki looks like a guy that can possibly be a guy that can surprise and and take that next leap forward but I'm all for them rounding out the roster with as much depth as possible. Right. And I'm not going to add too much on top of this, but if I had to rank them, I would say cornerback. Um, even, you know, that's after King and Sullivan coming back. Offensive line, uh, that's the position that they still haven't done anything with. D-line and then wide receiver. Mm. Those are my top four. And then after that, it's just kind of, it's kind of, you know, best player. Where can we fit in? Safety is an interesting one. There's been a few bodies that have left there, and that's like a role that I believe will still be really important with this new coordinator, new scheme, kind of that hybrid safety linebacker type role. But yeah, I think, yeah, and you mentioned kicker too. That's that's a sneaky one. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a sneaky one. I can see that being I'm ready uh, for it. I'm ready a late for it. round day, day three type of uh, draft action there for sure. For sure. 
Well, the moment is here. Thank you so much for all the fans for submitting um, your questions. Hopefully we got to every everyone's and we'll continue to do fan questions week in, week out. Looking forward to doing some more draft talk. But we've got to fill in the blank. And I'm wondering, Ken, do you have a fill in the blank for me? Or do I give you a fill in the blank? Uh, I'm gonna. I'll. I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. <laughs> I was thinking about that. So this was a this is a big episode. Lots of questions. Lots of uh, brain burners. A little bit. At least on you know. I felt, at least I felt that way with well, some of these. Sure. They, were, they were they were tough. So I'm gonna give you one a little bit lighter to end on our episode on on a kind of a lighter note. But just kind of curious. So when you watch Packer games. Or I should say it from your perspective. When watching Packer games, I tend to watch blank on offense and blank on defense. And what I'm saying is, as a fan, when you're watching, you're sitting at home, you're watching the game, what do you focus your attention on? Where is your eye kind of during the regular course of the game, during the game action? You know, not during instant replay when they're obviously forcing you to look at something specifically, but where do you tend to kind of, where do your eyes or what positional groups do you tend to kind of focus your attention on when you're just kind of watching the normal play in and play out? Uh, I think uh, normally it's Aaron Rodgers, but this last season I was really fixated on Devontae Adams. I was really trying to look at how much separation he created right at the snap and just he was such a technician. He was so fun to watch. So I caught myself really keen in on him. Also, I really focused a lot on just how much pre-snap motion and little sort of wrinkles that Lafleur has implemented. And did he have a script? What happens after those 10, 15 plays? So I was really looking more at the overall flow of of the mm-hmm. offense and sort of thinking of, okay, what play are they going to go here? So those are probably the three things that I, I, I spent a lot of time watching. I, I would say specific on defense? And then on defense, I really I started keying in a lot on Rashawn Gary towards the end of the season, how close he was getting to the quarterback, how close he was getting home. Um, I focused a lot on uh, Kenny Clark as well. Was he getting double teamed and seeing how much force and pressure he was creating at that nose tackle position. Um, I do focus a lot on uh, the pressure, how how the Packers mm-hmm. are pressuring the quarterback. And then also, I'm a Darnell Savage guy, so I, I was really watching Darnell Savage, and, and as people were starting to wonder, does he have it, everything started to click for him, and it seemed like he was making a play every single week. So those are kind of the things that I sort of focused on. As also, um, I was really like on third down. What would Petten call? Like, would mm. would they not blitz? Would it just be? So I was always looking at the play call sort of perspective of trying to think like, all right, are they going to call this play? What's going to happen? History sort of repeats itself. But <laughs> yeah, that's a great fill in the blank. I've actually got to fill in the blank for you as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, hit me. Let's go. So I know you talked about. You don't really have a draft crush, but in this year, but in in recent memory, who ha, who has been your biggest draft crush for the Green Bay Packers? Oh man! So like last year, the year before, let, let's even just like in, in the Gutekunst era, 
Has there been a player that stuck out where you're like, I really hope the Packers draft this guy? Man, that was interesting. That's a really, that's a really interesting question. I tend not to get too crazy. I remember last year though, I put a Josh Jones, no matter what, tweet out. And, <laughs> yeah. and that is, um, that's a draft day reference for those of you who follow along with the Kevin Costner movie. I even tweeted that with a picture of Kevin Costner nice. on it. I thought, I thought offensive tackle last year was the number one need mm-hmm. going into the draft. And I started hearing that name. It started, you know, as I was paying attention to mock drafts, I tend not to pay attention to those too much until we get closer to their draft after free agency. That was a name that was always there and intriguing and you're watching some tape and I'm like, man, this guy can look like uh, he caused some trouble for the Packers and be a potential blogger replacement, uh, long-term, you know, long-term solution, right tackle. We still, we still don't have that now going into this 2021 season, but that's, that's definitely my most recent crush was uh, Josh, Josh Jones, no matter what, I even put it out just like that. And he was available, yep. but man, when they traded up, I, my initial last year, I was like, are they doing it? Are they getting, are they getting Josh? Or cause at that point, I don't think there was a wide receiver that was on the board that uh, was no. intriguing. You know, Patrick queen was a name that had yep. thrown on. I'm like, are they doing it? Are they going inside linebacker? And then I remember thinking at the last second, I'm like, wait, did they actually do it on Jordan love? And then his name came across <laughs> and I stood up and was like, holy shit. They actually did it. Mm-hmm. But Josh Jones, and I'll be preparing, you know, once I figure out who my crush is this year, and I've got a few names that I'm starting to kind of, you know, meander around a little bit and start a, I'll, uh, I'll give you an update as we get closer and closer. And as we do updates uh, closer to the draft at the end of this month, man. Yeah, we've got three more, some three more episodes before the draft, which I'm, they'll all be predominantly focused with. The NFL draft, but uh, this was a great episode. Yeah, there were some humdingers of questions. You're filling the blank too. That, uh, that, yeah, that. Uh, I want to do something different. I want you know, like, like we're we're doing all these very specific, you know, not so, you know, sometimes not so fun questions about who's getting cut and who's <laughs> draft or their salary cap next year sucks. Like, I wanted something a little bit more heady and thinky and lighthearted. So and. You delivered, man. I love your perspective on those type of things. It's always curious to pick your brain and get into the inner workings of Bryce a little bit. Well, I appreciate it. I I, I love the question. And guess what? Uh, we'll do a little cliffhanger. Next week, I will be asking you a fill-in-the-blank regarding some game day traditions of yourself. So Okay. Got, got a week to prep a little bit. But once again, Doing always a blast way. to talk Packers with you as well. And uh, these fan questions were great. We'll do some fan questions next week. And uh, looking forward to ramping up the NFL draft talk. But uh, until then, any last words before we bid adieu? Nothing, man. Nothing. Just uh, can't believe the draft is almost here. It's uh, been, a cr- it's been crazy. It's been a long, long year. Um, and, yeah, what, what a crazy year last year on top of – the Packers drafting Jordan Love, and you knew it was going to just be a crazy training camp, and you didn't even know what was going to happen with the NFL season. So at least we have a little bit more of a foundation, a little bit more of an understanding of where we go moving forward. But I hope everyone stays safe and healthy. I hope everyone is well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out. I'm Bryce Christensen. And I'm Ken Ingles. And this is the Unknown Packers 
Podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unknown Packers, as well as Facebook, Instagram, the Unknown Packers Podcast. You can check us out on our website, theunknownpackers.com, and a variety of different podcast platforms as well. You can also say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers Podcast. That's right. We're friends with Alexa. Go Pack Go. This podcast was edited and produced by Sonic Transformation. Sonic Transformation. Your sound refined. Follow the unknown. Over to our two-day champion on the end, Scott. Did you come up with the correct response? Who wanted to kick that field goal? <laughs> that is a great question. It should, be, should be should be correct, but uh, unfortunately for this uh, this game today, that's incorrect, and you're going to lose. Zero, thank you for that, and congrats on your two-day win streak.